You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. What's up, world? I have got Brittany Carroll like the Christmas Carol, as we just confirmed here on the podcast with me. Hi, Brittany. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Hi, everyone. I feel super special right now. <laughs> you are special. I'm not even joking. I'm another SI Sports Illustrated hopeful connection. It's honestly crazy how many I've met through this online process. Like absolutely wild. It kind of made the online process like worth it. At first I was like, ew, online. But I was like, hey, we don't have to wait in line for six hours. And I get to meet a bunch of girls like virtually. Like, hell yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, seriously. And I feel like I have social media friends. At this point in time, like I haven't met with you guys in person, but maybe one or two times, maybe. And it's like socially distanced and weird because it's COVID. But we've all been cheering each other online for six months now. So it's been... How crazy (laughs) it's been six months. Six months since we submitted our audition for Sports Illustrated. That was in August of 2020. That's gnarly. It is nice to have all you guys online, though. It feels like it feels like I'm being like in college again, where you have all your friends in classes or your sorority sisters. It feels it's really good. That's, I'm really proud of that I brought us together. And it has honestly made the social media space way more positive for me because I know I have immediate cheerleaders, and that's been pretty cool because our network through Sports Illustrated is, you know. I feel like 60 plus people minimum, you know, on all these like group chats and things like that. So anytime you're sharing a message or anytime you're starting a hashtag, like you are, like people are like on the bandwagon real quick and they're supporting you and they're reposting and they're commenting. And I never had that before I started doing this Sports Illustrated search. So that's been pretty awesome. Me either. It's it's hard to find like people that are talking about the same thing you're talking about. Like, it's not as easy as you don't just like look up like body positivity and find like a bunch of new friends. Like, it's a truly special thing that we all have. I'm very grateful for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big connection. We're all very similar. We're all chasing, obviously, the dream of, you know, becoming a Sports Illustrated model. But, you know, with that, there's so many actresses and artists and creatives and models. And we all have like a a similar journey. We're traveling down, you know, that passion. But you specifically, I feel like I initially connected with you and like you always stood out. But I remember you being featured. I do. Obviously, you're stunning. Anyone who sees your photo is going to know that. But your, your Instagram was very relatable and your brand was very relatable. And then continuing to get to know you, you have, you just continue to preach on that message of, not just body positivity, but truly like embracing the skin that you're in and in this industry, which is so cutthroat and competitive, you know, modeling. So kind of give us a background on one, why you even started modeling and why you like it. And two, like what is this break the tape hashtag movement you've started? Oh gosh, what an intro, first of all. Wow, thank you for that. If I ever, you know, get an Oscar, I'm going to have you come with me and be like, he's going to do my speech for me. I'll just pop out with my microphone. Misunderstood. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> 
It'd be great. Well, modeling. So quick backstory. My parents were models. That's actually how they met. They met on a job. And then I came about and we modeled as a family until I hit that like, no, yeah, we were like a family of models. It was cool. We would like go to Jamaica and Disney. And I thought like we were just like going for fun. They're like, no, 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 like smile, like hold, hold the bucket of sand. Now walk this way. I was working the whole time and I had no idea, but it was great. I got to travel. And then once you hit that like awkward phase in middle school, you're not so cute anymore. So we kind of stopped and we'd have like normal jobs. And it wasn't until college where I was like, okay, I think I want to... My boyfriend just walked in with sushi. What a man. Oh, wow. Boyfriend of the year. Wow. That's amazing. Great guy. Thank you, honey. Oh, dang. Now I wish I had sushi, sushi while I was recording. I know. I'm blessed. What a great day. So it wasn't until college. I was like, oh, I kind of want to model again. And I grew up in Miami. So it's like swimsuit is the thing. So I grew up doing, you know, swimsuit modeling. And I think that from the get-go is what really made me very cautious of my body. And I was always, I was, I think I was like 20. I was like 20 when I really started like doing it again because I took a break throughout high school because I was like not the prettiest in high school. In high school, I had glasses. I had braces. I had a back brace all at the same time. Oh, wow. I had glasses and braces, but no back brace. It was rough. I broke my collarbone, so I had to wear a back. And and I got really bullied in school So um, by my friends, which was so weird. And we still talk about it to this day. I'm like, remember that one time you bullied me in school? And she's like, ha ha, yeah. I'm like, ha ha, you scarred me for life, but you made me stronger in the long run. <laughs> so anyways, I've always been told you're not the typical model size. You know, you're a little too athletic looking. Like you're just not, you need to get smaller. And everyone's always been telling me that. And I've just never, I never listened. I'm like, no, because I'm still booking the jobs. I'm still making money. Like I'm not going to change. So are these like, agents or these castings? These were agents. So these were agents in Miami. And, you know, I would go from one agent to another and they all said the same thing. They still took me. They're like, yeah, we like you. You, You're clearly talented, but you know, we need to work on your hip size or you need to work on your waist size. And they always just said that to me. And I've tried everything to be smaller and smaller and smaller. And I've had which I now talk about, which is a new thing, but I had eating disorders and I would do anything I could to be thinner and it wasn't working. And eventually I'm like, what am I doing? It's like, why am I doing this? And I'm like looking at the media and there's like no one that really looks like me. You're either like super skinny or you're super plus size. I'm like, I'm done just trying to let other people control me. So I'm like, fuck it. Like hashtag break the tape. We're going to just be who we are in the media because imagine how many less eating disorders we'd have in this world if we had a healthy, attainable size model in the media. That's so interesting to me because that's how I have felt about modeling, especially more recently. And you obviously do it way more professionally and are like super successful in it. But just as even an outsider or someone who knows a little bit about the industry, I've seen either A, super, super tiny, skinny, like, you know, size zero waist or the curvy, like the curvy, which is awesome. Like curvy's being celebrated and it's in magazines and it's in billboards. And I'm so thrilled to see that because obviously there's all different kinds of body types, but then there's like this group also in the middle that are like normal people, you know, like what about normal women who have normal waists and normal legs and, you know, they have hips and they have a butt, like, 
what about those people? You know, it's like, yeah. How do they shop online? Like I, I mean, me personally, like I hate when I'm online and at a website and I see something that's super cute, but I know that's not going to fit on me because they're showing it on like a size double zero girl. And it's like, well, I would buy that, but how do I know that's going to look good on a size, you know, four or six like me? Yeah, exactly. It's such a, like, I mean, it's a form of discrimination, not featuring more of these body types, but it really is. And it, and it also kind of puts off this weird like stigma to like the average consumer. It's like, you're either two sizes, you're either small or you go to the back of the store or you go upstairs and you do plus size. I, I was just on the phone with someone today and it seems like there's honestly like a segregation when it comes to straight and plus size. It is so crazy. When you really think about it, when you go to Macy's, a lot of the plus size is like upstairs. Like why, why can't everyone just go to one store and shop for everything and we can have photos of everyone represented? Yeah, just everywhere. That is so true. I never thought about like the plus size being in a different part of the store. That's very true. So when you're talking to these agents, I mean, now, now you're what, 25, 26? Now I'm 25. Yeah, almost 26. So, you know, this is five years ago that you started this this journey, you know, working in Miami, doing swimsuit modeling, and then having these agents tell you that you were, quote, like you needed to be smaller. It's so so mind-blowing because you are stunning. But now, are you still facing this to this day? Like, how are you overcoming this and embracing that part of yourself? Because it's only been five years. It has been. And like, I like five years ago, it's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really make this a career. And I started, I think, five years before that when I was like kind of like, you know, 16, 17, I would do like little shoots here and there. But five years ago is when I really started going, you know, balls to the wall. But I think now it's like I have not to gloat, but I have national campaigns all over the world. I am successful. I'm working like I'm working with nonstop. So it's like I'm a developed model. So now it's like, okay, you can tell me to lose, you know, two inches off my waist but I'm still going to book the commercial that you're submitting your other models for. Like I'm going to book it, like I'm working. And I think it just took a lot of like, watch me do it. And I just grinded and I paved my way. And now when I take meetings with agencies, it's like, listen, I'm already a developed model. Like I already have my ducks in a row. I'm a professional. You either take me at my size or you don't because I'm not going to change for anybody else. And that's what happened recently with that agency that I posted my video about. They're like, come to Miami, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, I would love to meet with you guys, but I'm already, I'm already covered in Miami. I get a lot of work. I don't need other agents. And they still had me come down. And then once I told them like, Hey, like, I don't really, I'm not going to leave my agent to be with you guys. She just body shamed me. She's like, Oh, you're a little too big. And if you were smaller, it'd be so much better. And it's like, why are you going to shame me after I just told you that I'm working more than all your other models are? So I think it is just all about not letting other people dictate what to do with your life and just prove them wrong. And now I'm at the point where it's like, yeah, I was too big for you, but now I'm taking your model's jobs. Yeah. So whatever. (laughs) Watch me win, baby. And it was a really powerful video. Um, It was never meant to go on social media though. It was never meant to be posted. I, I do this thing where it's called a timestamp. I'm just really into like memory. Like my mom, my mom lost her memory like really young. So like, I'm really into like memories and photos and stuff. So I do these things called timestamps and I'll record myself doing something and I'll save it. So after I left that meeting, I just pulled my phone out and I was like, I'm going to record this for me so I can look back in eight years. 
And then later that night, I was telling my best friend, Hannah, I was like, yeah, this agency said that. And I made a timestamp of like me talking about it. And she's like, let me see it. So I showed it to her and she's like, fuck, she said, you need to post this. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's not for social media. Like I'm crying. Like I don't need to post it. She's like, Brittany, your message is so thought out. Like just post it. And I'm glad that I did because I was not going to. But the amount of messages I'm receiving, like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, yeah, that happened to me or same thing. I'm like, why is no one talking about this? Why is it kind of okay to be body shamed by an agency? Like, why is it Why is it kind of expected and like normalized? Yeah, why is it normal? I mean, it's just a matter of like professionalism. You wouldn't walk into, like, I'm a, I'm a human resources officer. Like from HR perspective, you would never watch in and give someone an evaluation and be like, Unfortunately, you're just too ugly. Unfortunately, you're just too thick. Like you would never, or you're unfortunately just too stupid. Like you just wouldn't say any of those things. You would still point out like the the positive aspects of their work performance and the weaknesses and the strengths, like how to make the weaknesses better or maybe with something that they're struggling in or something to work on. But you always give someone like a tangible item to potentially work on. You don't shame them. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe agents don't go to HR courses like I do, but still. They should. I know. It's like, it's not normal. It's not normal to do that. And like you said, I think it's just the industry. The industry, do you think they see models as disposable? Like, oh, well, if it's not you, like I can book someone else. I do until you're a a name or a brand big enough where you're no longer disposable. But models are interchangeable, which is sad. But my, what I'm now thinking is that I'm not sure. At first, I'm like, oh, it's the agency's problem. It's the agency's reason for not accepting girls. Or is it the sample size from the clients? What is that? Which is the true problem? Like you think about all these brands that want to be body positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why is your sample size still a two? Like, why is your sample size not a six or an eight where like the average American seems to fall? So it seems like I, I, I was telling my friends earlier, I feel like I'm standing at a big building and I'm like, I have to go to all the top floor to like make a change, but I got to hit all these other floors on the way. So I think it's all about brands just being more open. That way, if a brand has says, yeah, we need a size eight girl, the agency is more willing to take a size eight and not just the sample size. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I never really thought about that. I just thought about this morning. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Like, I mean, it's kind of like getting to the source of the issue. You know, like there's so many problems. Like there is, you know, so many problem mindsets and people need to alter their attitudes toward, toward XYZ. But then you, you think deeper and you're like, okay, well, why are people thinking that way? Or why do they act that way? Or, and then you're like, oh, it's because, you know, their, their parents put that into their mindset or it's, you know, the culture that they were around or it's because they see it on television or they listen to this kind of music or, you know, they have normalized their actions because they do this. And you're like, it's actually always deeper rooted than usually the source of what's making you frustrated, which is sad. Uh, That is, you know, and I'm so proud of women like you. And um, I had Ella Halikas on my show last season. And, you know, she's a curve model, but she's like, I'm so tired of just being like a check in the box, like the curve model that shows up on on set because they need to have one. Like I want to be, I want it to be normal for like women like me to be getting these, these jobs. Not just the one token plus girl, the one token black girl. It's like, why, why does it make it so awkward? You know what I mean? Exactly. And so, I mean, again, five years is a long time, but it's not. 
like it's not, it's, it's kind of like, and I think about me five years ago, I'm like, okay, I was 23 and I, I was starting toward my journey toward confidence, but it took a lot of things for me to get to where I'm at now more than the normal person does. So, and I, I believe similar to you, like when you're in the industry you're in, you have a lot more life experience than the average person developing in their twenties. I don't even think I got confidence until like realistically, like I don't think I had confidence until COVID. Really? That was a year ago. Yeah. This is like super like real. Like I, I've always been like, you know, preaching body positivity, like whatever, but I didn't, but I was like, just saying it. I don't think I truly was like woke by it until like COVID hit. I don't know what it was. I think I was just forced to be alone with myself and I had nothing to do. And I was just like, what do I, what, what do I stand for? Like, what do I want to do with my life? And I think it was also like a lot of people were asking me like modeling advice. How do I get into modeling? How do I do this? And like, what am I supposed to tell you? Like starve yourself, be miserable, wear waist trainers, don't eat. Like, no, why would you, why would you tell somebody that? So it's like, I need to be a true role model because I can't lie and give out BS advice. So let me just be real. Let me take my own advice and just truly be confident with who I am and help other girls and it's it's still kind of recent to me, but it feels really good. And I also like I cut like all the BS on Instagram. It's like it's fun to look perfect on Instagram, but it's I think it was doing more harm than good. Just trying to to keep up this facade that I'm booked and busy and always happy. It's like let me just be real with people because I feel like that's something that we really miss between COVID and between just social media in general. Like let's just not forget that we're all humans at the end of the day. A hundred percent. I'm actually trying to do that myself because... You do a great job at it. Oh, well, thank you. I feel the same way. Like, here's always this pressure to look booked, look busy, especially when I was working more in Ohio as a model. I was like, okay, I don't want people to think I'm just like an Instagram model. Like, I want them to see that I'm doing real shoots and I'm working with Bath and Body Works and I'm working with this company. And so that's like what I shared. And then at the end of the day, I was like this is supposed to be a fun thing and I don't need to validate it on social media. I don't need to validate it to other people's opinions because I could post a a freaking shot of me in a Bath and Body Works catalog and people will still call me an Instagram model. So I'm like, whatever. Like, Oh, that would bother me. That's my biggest pet peeve. That's that's a really big insult in my opinion, which is terrible to say. I mean, to a, a professional model, it is an insult. Because you're you, this is your career. You've worked at it. You, this is something that you have goal goals set in, and you're in the industry, and you're working toward, and you have an agent, and you work the hustle, and you do all of the things. It's a lot of stuff, guys. Like working being a model is not just like showing up and taking a photo. It's so much. And these Instagram girls just walk in because they have a following. And I just like, really? It's like, and the worst thing is that now I'm just going on a tangent, but like photographers know the difference. Like they know when an Instagram model comes in because they have the same six poses that they'll throw. And it's like, you need to like be a little more diverse, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a valid point. I mean, there's a difference guys between an Instagram model and an actual professional model like you. And it, I felt the same way about... um photography because I am a professional photographer like I have a my business license I'm trained in it but I and people will be like oh like you have a really good camera or you know oh is it like a hobby and I'm like 
no, I have a legit business. Shut up. You're annoying. <laughs> I'm an LLC. Like I have my shit together. <laughs> exactly. And, and then people will go on Instagram and just like, quote, start a business all of a sudden because they take good iPhone photos. And I'm like, you're not a professional in the sense of the word, but that's okay. We're all here to support each other. I'm like, uh, you know, but I don't want to get grouped in with the other people who like aren't professionals. So with that, I mean, there's two things you said that I want to dive into more. You said tips for models who, who are tips for women who want to get into modeling. And then you also mentioned kind of cutting the BS on Instagram. So first, what would be your tips? You know, if you have women similar in size, similar in passion, similar in look, whatever, and they're coming to you and they're saying, Hey, Brittany, you know, I'm not a size zero and I'm also not a size 10 plus. Like, how do I get to where you're at? What would you tell them? I would say, first of all, the first thing you have to do is see if you like this industry because this is not just glitter and fun. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So it's like, if I'm talking to a local girl, I'm like, hey, what you want to do is you want to go reach out to local boutiques. You want to go test shoot. A test shoot is when you work for free. You get up with a photographer and you just go. Go test shoot 20 times. Make sure you love what you're doing. Do a beauty shoot, do a fitness shoot, do a lifestyle, do all everything. See what you're good at. Maybe you realize you're really good at sport and fitness, which a lot of people are not good at. So figure out your niche, figure out what you're really good at. Then what I would say is after you realize that you do have the talent, you have the work ethic, you can take good photos is to either go freelance. There are tons of free casting sites you can go on. Actors Access, Casting Frontier, Casting Networks. Yeah, those ones. Go online, book some jobs yourself. Yeah, you can sign up for free online. It's like 10 bucks a month or and for like an upgraded profile. Submit to stuff online, see what you're booking. Go that route. If you're booking a lot of stuff on your own, cool. If you're not, all right, maybe get an agent. When it comes to an agency, I cannot stress this enough. Do not just go to the biggest agency you can find online and submit your photos. You will be shelved. Because there are a million other girls applying as well. And if I can just shake anyone and tell them, go with a local boutique agency that knows your name, that knows your sizes, that knows your phone number. Because you want someone who's really going to work for you if you want to make this your career. And my last tip was to be yourself. Don't try to like force yourself into a box don't do it. Think about all the girls that are modeling. Don't make yourself look like everybody else. Like if you've got some curvier hips, rock them. Own it. Don't try to force yourself into the smaller girls that you're just, you're not going to keep up. I love all of that. Love it. Love it. Love it. I could not have said it better myself because I give, you know, what's crazy is that translate into almost any sort of passion that someone wants to take into a profession. Like, make sure you like it first. Make sure you like it first. Like I don't understand people have hobbies and they are, they're good at them and they like them, but then they actually go professional quote professional or they start going down that path and they realize like, Whoa, this is not a hobby anymore. Like I have to run a business. And I used to say the same thing about um, my friends who wanted to pursue photography it's actually like 5% taking photos and 95% business. So I'm like, you're almost better majoring in business marketing than you are photography whenever you're a photographer. But shoot, shoot, go take pictures. You know, that's, go practice. Go practice, practice, practice. I practice, I literally test all the time. 
I literally, I'm my current thing is I want to get better at doing e-com stuff. So I literally have a tripod. I have a backdrop and I am shooting myself just so I'm aware. Which are amazing, by the way. Your photos look amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. But I'm shooting myself so I know my angle. So when I show about a casting, I'm not looking like a walrus. Like, I don't know why I said a A walrus. walrus. I like know what I, a walrus. (laughs) Like I know what I'm doing. So it's like, if you want a model, go practice so you're not a walrus on set. (laughs) (laughs) A walrus bobbing around. I look like a walrus today. That's so funny you said that. Because you could have said like whale or like a duck. I said walrus came out. (laughs) No, it's so true though. And even for you, like you said, you've had national campaigns and you're very established, but like you're not above practicing and you're not above setting up a tripod and continuing to work on your craft. And I still shoot for free, 100%. There's no shame in it. If there's a good photographer out there with a cool idea, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm not above anything. Yeah, exactly. And it's like good practice. It's good content. Like good connection. Like you never know when that will pay off. But so the other thing you mentioned was quote, getting rid of the BS on Instagram, which is an amazing quote. So what do you mean by that? Like, how is that going to help you in your confidence and in this industry? Well, because I don't know about you guys, but like I go through my feed like alone, like kind of often, like sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll just go through my feed. And it's like, I was going through my feed one day and I'm like, ew, like that is Photoshop. You face tuned your face in that one. Okay. That wasn't even a paid job. Like I was like lying on Instagram and I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, who am I to do that? Like, why? Why? What a fraud. You were saying that about yourself? Like you were myself, like it was like old photos of myself. And it was like, I was like, just trying to be something I wasn't just so I can be cool online. I'm like, being like not transparent is not cool. So I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with feeling like crap about myself and having to like boost myself on Instagram. Like, let me just go back to like the MySpace days where you just like updated your status and you were like real and authentic. Like, let me just go that route and see how it goes. And I made a post and I was like, hey guys, like from now on, like, this is me. I'm being authentic. I don't care about making sure I look great in every photo. Like I just want to be real from now on. And I did that and I just saw the switch. And then I noticed my engagement change. I had like creepy old dads from the Food Network that followed me, like that were all over my photos starts like trickle away. And then I got like more like normal people, like girls my age that want to get into modeling or body positivity. And I finally found like my group, my circle. I'm like, cool. Like Number one, I'm happy with who I am online. I actually have real engagement and not just like creepy dads that want to like touch me. <laughs> and, yeah. And it was great. And I think it's also important to like kind of clean up your feed. Like, why are you following people that don't make you feel good? Like, why do you want to do that to yourself? Why would you want to be in a room with people you don't like? Yeah, exactly. Like you're consuming so much when you're scrolling and you're seeing so much. So don't consume things that aren't building you up you know, that aren't adding or making you motivated. And, and I, I had to do the same thing. And now it's pretty much full of all sports illustrated hopefuls because we've connected so much on social media. But the good news with that is everyone is confident and they are working their butts off. And for the most part, I feel like all the women I connected with in SI are people would actually be friends with. And they're supportive too, which is like totally new for me to like actually be with like girls that are supportive with the same goal. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, like this is nice. All right. Yeah, the social media is definitely huge and like what you're seeing and what you're consuming. So 
you really like started taking control of your own life, you know, within, I don't know, it was COVID that made the change or it was in the last five years, but how do you not let others control you? How do you kind of have that mindset of like, I'm not going to let this agent control the way I'm going to look at myself or how am I not going to let this career path control the way I'm going to change my body or, or see myself in my skin? I think it was just, coming to the realization that like, you're not on this planet for very long. Like we're going to get deep, like we're not here very long. And you have one body and there are so many other like milestones in life to look forward to. Like why waste like your twenties, like your prime taking advice for someone that knows nothing about you. It's like a random agent lady can be like, yeah, I need to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of enjoying where I am in my life and I don't really feel like starving myself in my prime. Like I want to go enjoy dinners with my boyfriend and I want to like just enjoy my life. So it's like, I, I see your opinion, but like, no, thank you. It's just remembering that like, they're just opinions. It's like, just because you say I have to lose 10 pounds doesn't mean I'm on Vogue tomorrow. Just because I lose 10 pounds means, okay, cool. It's just about just being just enjoying who you are. And it's like, if you want to lose 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds. Cool. But it's like, I'm not going to waste any more hours of my life crying about not being skinny enough or like over someone's opinion. That means nothing to me. And it's hard. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. That is so, I mean, put it on a t-shirt. Like, why are you crying over someone's opinion that doesn't matter to you at all? Or doesn't it matter in the long run? This agency does, you don't even know my last, you don't even know my birthday or my last name. Like you don't know me. So why are you telling me to change something about myself? Yeah, completely. The you don't know me hits home because I feel like, and that's literally why I started this podcast because I feel so misunderstood. It's you don't know me. Like, you know, a very, very few, like a very small percentage of my followers literally know me. Like know who I am, know my life, know my dog's name, know everything about me. And then in that circle, even tinier, like my closest friends, like really know me at the end of the day, their opinions are the ones I care about. You know, it, like they're going to hold me accountable. If I am like going off kilter, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, where my, my message is changing in the negative way. Like they're always, cause they know me, they know who I am, but I receive so much criticism all the time, all the time. And you know what? I don't care whatever. Like you don't know me. You don't know what I'm doing. You shouldn't care. You don't know what you've been through. None of it. No, not at all. And there's a lot that doesn't go on social media, you know, and there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, whether it's celebrations or it's personal achievements you've overcome or whether it's just like accepting who you are. And that's what matters. Not what all these thousands of people on Instagram see. They see a selfie and they just immediately think you're superficial. Like, it's hard for some people who aren't happy with themselves to celebrate your happiness. And so you might as well just celebrate it yourself. Exactly. Ooh, that was deep. That gave me chills. Thank you. Oh, in my soul. You were so inspiring me. I was like, oh, my yes. this is like what I needed to hear for sure. And I'm sure a lot of other people need to hear it too, because opinions are tough. Opinions are hard to digest. But if you can get to the point where you're happy with yourself, and your confidence. And like you said, I mean, you was last year. Like that is wild to me. Like you can change it at any moment. 
I mean, I think it was maybe a little longer than last year, but I think it was like, now that we're talking about happiness, I, just, I think you're like triggering something in me. It's like, I think I was just so unhappy trying so hard to like be little, be skinny, be this. I was like so tired of just doing it that I think when I finally said, I'm not going to do it anymore, I became truly happy. Which kind of happened. It was like, maybe it wasn't COVID. I think it was when I moved to California, which was like almost like a year and a half ago. Damn, it's still really recent. Damn, we have so much more to go in life. Like this is going to be a huge movement. I know, I know it is. That's the scary part is that people are like doing it. It's like I started this hashtag, like hashtag break the tape. And it symbolizes agencies like not body shaming us. Like, like nothing is worse than when you get to a damn room and they bust up the measuring tape. And I will never forget an agency recently, actually, no, like maybe like eight months ago, measured me and I didn't eat the day before. It was like 11 a.m. I wasn't hungry. So I was getting measured or whatever. And she's like, oh, um, did you eat breakfast? And I said, oh, uh, no. And I was like, oh, wait, I did. I did. I, I had a piece of toast. And she looked at me like... And I was like, why? I think I wrote in the group chat with you guys. I was like, just got body shamed. It was that day. So I think that was another moment in my life. I'm like, why am I even like, why am I even like letting them do this to me anymore? Why don't I just stay like stand up and do something? Or like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I love that you decided not to leave the industry, but change the industry. Yeah, me too. Because I love my job. I really like, my acting coach says the same thing. It's like, name another profession that people like, like lay out the clothes the day before and they get to work like three hours early and they like rehearse their lines and they're so excited. It's a very special job to have. And I'm so blessed. And it's like, why let someone scare me out of it? Why not just change it? Exactly. Oh, I love that. And you want a final note. I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyways, you know, you're, you're changing this industry one post at a time, one person at a time, one message at a time, have this hashtag, but still, what do you think is, how do you feel most misunderstood as a model in this industry? Why is my body not accepted? It's like, I'm a model. I look like a lot of the population, like a lot of the population looks like me. We're like in size, you know, four, six, eight, you know, like, why is that not out there? Like, why do we only see like two sizes? So I just feel misunderstood. It's like, okay, well, if I'm, you know, this healthy, average, all-American girl, like, why isn't that being shown to people? I feel like what's misunderstood is the average size girl. It's the sample size. I think that's what we need to start doing. I don't understand why we don't we don't have average people portrayed in the media. I feel like eating disorders would go down, like body dysmorphia problems would go down. Like, I just see, I just see the reason. I just it needs to happen. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I'm excited. I feel like even though you are already very successful in this industry, like there's more ground to walk on. There's more barriers to break. And it's so fun meeting you this early on in your journey and like cheering you on because I get to watch it. Like, I'm going to bring you with me. We're going to go together. And I'll interview on the next podcast when you're winning an Oscar and all the fun <laughs> things. But I'm so excited. It's like amazing to have women like you in my circle that we're cheering each other on and we're all like pursuing these exciting things and we're motivated and we're driven. And I just think it's amazing. So makes me very happy. Well, and you're doing so well too. I want to say thank you for having me on here and just like for being one of my favorite people online that I always like 
I always go through your feed and I'm just like, yes, like we need more of this. Like, yeah. hell yeah. So just thank you for, cause you're super authentic too. And I really appreciate that. I remember the freaking first day I met you. I'm like, yep, we're going to be friends. Aww. I'm like, hi. I'm like, hi. <laughs> hi. No, I feel the exact same way. So thank you. I needed that. I'm always like checking myself. I'm always trying not to overthink it. I'm always trying, you know, not to let outside opinions get to me and other people's profiles and other people's photos and what they're doing. Like, you know, sometimes my life isn't glamorous. Sometimes I'm just in a uniform, working on a laptop, you know, pushing paperwork. But you know what? This life is what we make of it. And if we can post something encouraging or cheer someone on or comment on someone's photo that day to lift them up, like, then that's the little thing you did that day to, to make your life or make someone else's life better. So I'm thrilled to be part of this circle. And quick, how can people find you? Share your your links or your whatever you want so people can find you. Instagram is probably the best thing. It's just at Brittany Carroll. My name, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-C-A-R-E-L. That's about it. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the movement, post a photo of you and hashtag break the tape. Show me why, you know, industry standards need to change. Let me see your gorgeous, beautiful body. It doesn't matter what size you are. Let me see it. Yes. I love it. Well, I will include that in the show notes so everyone can go find you. Hashtag break the tape. Let's break it. You need to do a photo shoot of you breaking the tape, by the way. I'm going to. I'm going to make a TikTok later on today too. Like a tick, I'm doing a break the tape challenge or something. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> that would be awesome. But so, so proud of you. Keep it up, babe. You are absolute queen. I'm cheering you on. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you're looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall.